Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. I have this love for Canada, so I'm always down to have my friends on from Canada and support them and whatever they're doing. So I'm very happy to have had Spencer back on. He's been a source of good information. I have hit him up for advice and he's just been an overall good friend to me. And that all just spawned from our first episode together, which is something I never planned on because I do these things and I'm not sure where it's going to go. So I was really happy to have been able to have Spencer come back on the podcast, had a quick update about what's going on up in Calgary, scoped exposure. We talked about a lot of cool things, and I hope you guys enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, please welcome back Spencer to the podcast. Welcome back to the podcast, Spencer. I'm so excited to be back, Jamie. Thanks for having me again. Dude, if I'm being honest, when we first recorded this and I I had to look back because I couldn't remember what episode number it was. It was episode 48, which is crazy to think about. Yeah, it's a throwback, right? Yeah. Um, it was, uh, it was a little strange for me because obviously we had never really talked that much before the podcast, but from that first episode till now, the, uh, the, the fact that we've stayed in contact and we've, you know, checked in with each other and just kind of had a pretty interesting conversation and I've, I've definitely hit you up for advice and stuff. And I'm really happy that just doing the podcast just kind of led to this friendship that I never knew was going to happen so i'm really excited and happy that um i'm able to have you back and just to see you grow from episode 48 to now it's been awesome no dude that is super nice for you to say and uh yeah like it's it's pretty crazy to be like oh i just found this podcast because you did an episode with like some a band that like i filmed so i was like oh that would be a cool thing to to check out and, and try and yeah, to like to do that once and then, you know, build this friendship through this online experience. And then, you know, like I'm hitting you up for advice because like Scope just started our podcast and then you're hitting me up for advice, which I don't know why you were because you were already like 48 episodes deep. Um, but, you know, just going back and forth and like sharing perspectives on things in hardcore and, you know, like I'm very, uh, that's one of like my favorite things about, um, this music genre is just like being able to like find common ground with people and just like, like it always surprises me on how far that that can take you in a friendship setting. Yeah, for sure. Because knowing that you share the common interest in hardcore when it's such like 
even though now it's not that underground, but it's still pretty underground. The, the fact that you can meet somebody and you guys have that common interest, it, it just makes that person a little more special. So I, I feel like people who meet each other and figure out that they're both into hardcore, I, I feel like that helps like accelerate the relationship, whatever it is, friendship. I feel like you guys are just able to bond a little better quicker because uh, it's not every day you find somebody that is into hardcore and the fact that um, you guys are both into it, you guys are there for your, obviously your own reasons, but it's just special. Right. And I think it was actually on your podcast, you interviewed like Joe hardcore, um, like guy who puts on, this is hardcore. And, you know, like I was listening to that episode prior to when we did our uh, episode and he said something that like, you know, kind of stuck out to me where he was talking about like, you know, the fact that, um, you know, people are coming to like, this is hardcore, just like hardcore fest in general. Like you probably have more in common with that person, whether you like the same bands or, you know, dress the same way or, you know, like run with the same people probably have way more in common with those people. Um, than you would with like most of the other people in your life that you go to work with that you, you know, catch up, uh, on the weekends with. So I guess like that's been something that's been on my, my mind recently. And, and maybe we can explore that. Um, but just like how there's still a lot of people in hardcore who will play the too cool to do or say, uh, or act in a certain way. Um, uh, while there are so many reasons, uh, that like this music genre is bringing us together. So anyways, it's all good. I definitely yeah. surprisingly, I there are still some people that I run into um, that act like they're too cool, and it's fine. I'm like my feelings don't get as hurt as much as they used to when I talk sure, to people yeah. behind the scenes and kind of figure out like, I mean, maybe it's not who they really are, but just the way that they treat me, um, which is fine because like, I don't expect everybody to be down to, I guess, you know, help out with the cause, come on the podcast and talk to me because it's, it's rare. Like, um, and I, I can't believe I'm talking about this, but I was talking to this girl and, uh, we were extremely changing phone numbers and she had to tell me or what well, she asked me because she was like a little worried. She's like, Oh, she's like, you're not going to call me. Are you? And I just laughed. I was like, wow, you're funny. <laughs> like it's weird that um, she didn't want me to call her. Then I'm like, okay, like why were you even exchanging numbers? I should just keep talking to you through the DMS. Uh, right. It just makes no sense because I love talking obviously because I've been doing this for, for, for a while yeah, now. You have a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's something yeah. th that I love doing doing so it's just kind of like all right like i i get it like not everybody's gonna be down to want to come on here and talk to me for you know like around two hours because it, it does take a lot I, I understand people are busy they have a lot of things going on so for them to take the time out of their busy life to sit here and talk to me um it, it's definitely not something everybody wants to do and, and i'm okay with that like before like I, I used to get really bummed out but now it's like all right like i get it it's fine yeah and i think like um, you know, I try to, something I've been practicing in my life recently is just like, instead of just assuming the worst, like, oh, this person said no because they hate me or whatever, like trying to really be like as, as empathetic as possible. Like, oh, like, well, maybe they have a lot going on that like, maybe this is not the, the time for them right now, or maybe they're in a place 
or maybe they've been hurt by someone in the past um, where this like ask or, or whatever, like my personality type uh, triggers them in a way for them to just go on like automatic defense. So like, I'm not going to like, I don't know what's happening in those people's lives. So like, I don't want to judge them. And I think there's far too much judgment going on, like in, in just the normal day to day, let alone hardcore. So, you know, just being like, just more chill with people. Like, you know, no one like, like whether you've done over a hundred podcast episodes or like, you know, we've only done like five, like, you don't deserve to have someone come on your podcast. Like there's always a reason why certain guests come when things happen. Like we just discussed, like, you know, it was just kind of serendipitous that I came on and we kind of built this friendship and we're here doing a second one. Um, and that's a big, like a big thing for hardcore is like things just happening when they need to happen. So, um, yeah, I think overall, like I, I just try to like, do my best to uh, like, I'm more than happy to ask people um, if they want to do something. Cause I think collaboration is so important in any music genre, but if someone doesn't want to do it, then I just leave it at that. And there's no uh, bad blood, if you will. And I just like move on to the next thing. They'll try to dwell on it. For sure. And there's definitely people that I'm in like constant communication with where they tell me that they're just not ready. They're going through things. And I totally understand that because for me, I'm going to be doing this for a while. I don't know how much longer, um, but I always tell them, I'm like, Hey, like, I don't need you on right now. Like I want you to come on when you're comfortable. So I'm just letting you know that the door is always open. Like the lines right. of communication are open. Just let me know when you want to come on and we could definitely work something out because I will, you know, pitch them the times I have available and we just kind of go from there. So it's definitely something like a newer thing is <laughs> I'm actually, um, I, I, I have a list of people who I've hit up and then like maybe they turned me down or never got back to me. And there's some people who I'll reach out to again just to see if it'll work. And there's been instances where the first time around just wasn't good timing and second time around things worked out. So I definitely, right. uh, you know, am way more open uh, and not thinking that they hate me just because they didn't come on the podcast. Yeah. And like, yeah, I think it's, you know, being the, not the bigger person, but kind of like, you know, not having a, um, you know, any like resentment or bitterness with like someone not coming on, for example. And then like, you know, cause I'm sure like your podcast, like, you know, asking a person at a certain time, like, a year goes by, the podcast is going to be a lot bigger. So, you know, even if they're coming to you like, Hey, like I would love to take you up on that offer if it still stands or something like, and now it feels like a little bit more like, okay, you're coming to me. But instead of like rubbing that on their face and like slamming the door, like, of course, like you want to, you know, do that with, with someone. And I guess like, it depends on, on the situation, but yeah, I think like, I think that there are, far too many missed opportunities um, due to just people being overly emotional and getting, letting their emotions get the best of them. And I guess like people, you know, like people are going to make choices based off like, um, you know, like I, I'm not going to do this because, you know, like of X, Y, Z, 
And, you know, if that feels like they're going to be hurt or whatever, but I feel like nine times out of 10, you can kind of get a vibe from someone like, especially on podcasting, you can't really bullshit your intent because it's a long form style of content. So you kind of, you can only put up a, a facade like when it's unedited like this for so long. So, you know, like there's been a lot of people that have like not really like fucked with scoped, for example. And like, I know a lot of those people have never a like shook my hand or like just had like a conversation with me to kind of know like what I'm all about and maybe have just taken bits and pieces of maybe what other people have said. Um, and, and, and let me like add like, those people are like, you know, the 5% versus like the 95% of like people that like are very stoked that like what I'm doing in Western Canada and, and beyond. And, you know, I get DMs and things like that. And, you know, that 5%, like I, I won't just like pretend it's not there. Like I am a firm believer, like you're not going to please everybody, no matter how good or whatever like you're always going to have some people who either don't like it or have some reasons and like again trying to be empathetic like okay like well why do, don't you actually like it is is it the quality is it you know the execution is it you know what what is it and then you know just taking that at face value and not letting that get to uh to to heart i guess yeah i i definitely get it but I don't want to switch gears in the time since we talked, you started your own podcast. Can you talk about where that idea came from and how it's been going for you? Yeah, for sure. So like, um, so the channel I run scoped exposure, if someone's listening, they have no idea who I am. Um, essentially scoped exposure is, um, a collection of live sets, both on the video and, photo front, um, mainly in Western Canada. And as we were like really chewing on a lot this year with like a lot more shows, a lot more festivals, um, I started to kind of feel a little bit of strain on, on the creativity side of things. We have like a pretty like, uh, established formula as far as like, okay, like if it's a single camera, I know what I need to do and how I need to edit it. And it's, you know, if the band, if it's a band we film multiple times, uh, it just kind of feels like we're kind of towing the line in a way. So I guess like I was trying to think of a way that I can do that. And obviously podcasting was, has been something I've wanted to do for a long time. And, you know, just finding the right rhythm as far as like how to make it as something that's not super fancy and that we can, you know, meet up with people at shows. So like we wanted to make sure we had a portable setup um, and, you know, made sure that it was kind of like a fun kind of like show. Like it wasn't anything that was too interviewee, but obviously like we're interviewing people, but, um, and so like a lot of those things over the many, many, many months of deliberation, I was like, fuck it. Like we just need to get the ball rolling. So, I guess like we officially started recording in May of this year of 2019 at um, Wild Rose Hardcore Fest, just because there was like a ton of bands and people who were going to be in town. So I was like, this will be a good time to get some good um, guests. 
So we recorded, uh, I think, three? Yeah, oh, no, no, four episodes there. Um, some of those are released now, and uh, some are yet to be released. Um, so started with that. Um, and then, you know, we kind of got sidetracked with, like, a, like just the busyness of things, and it was something that I wanted to close out um, or like I wanted to close on it before 2020. So we finally got things set up in the right podcast channels and distribution stuff. Um, and so now the podcast comes out every Friday, um, comes out on Spotify, Apple music, Google play, all those places. Um, and we also filmed the podcast. So we have a separate YouTube channel where those, um, video, um, uh, episodes go. And I wanted to make sure that we had a video format because Scope is very video focused. Um, but also I know from like a marketing standpoint, it's a lot easier to share a, a clip from the podcast if you have a video um, version. And just because if it's just audio, like, and, and maybe you can attest to this, Jamie is like, oh, I want to share this clip, but like, is it going to just be like a waveform graphic? Is it, you know, it's, it's not like podcasting isn't a visually stimulating thing. So it's harder to stimulate people on a visual aspect with just an audio file, essentially. Um, so I think that's kind of everything as far as how it was set up, what we're doing. Um, yeah. So you mentioned that you recorded some episodes at Wild Rose and right now you guys have out five episodes yeah so we uh released our fifth episode today um so if if you want me to kind of i'll just like rattle up the library so we actually launched with three episodes um to kind of give people like a big platter of content to chew on when it was this new thing versus just like here's one episode and then it's gobbled up and it's forgotten so our first episode was our pilot episode we did with our scope photographer Cole Hadley. Um, he's super into photography, death metal, and screen printing. So that and he it was like he was like our test dummy as far as like testing things out before we did stuff at the fest. Um, and then we did an episode with my friend Dom, who runs a satanic tea company called Pitch Black North. I'll just let you um, if you're like, whoa, what is that? Then you can research that on yourself. Um, that was really fun. Uh, and then the second episode was my friend, Sean, who I play in the band with, he had some DIY labels. And then, so that was our initial launch. And then the two episodes that we've released since that are with Don from Swing Low, which is a Fargo crossover hardcore band and Mitch from Low End slash Crossy. So I know the, the first three episodes you'd been sitting on for a minute, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the initial one with Cole, I think we did in like April. Um, it's kind of like been bouncing. So that one we didn't in, in April. Um, the one we did with Dom, the tea company guy we did, I think like August or September. And then, uh, the one with Sean, my bass player we did in, um, uh, September as well. And it was more so because again, like with scope traveling, like 
being able to squeeze in a couple like episodes with a fest or a show. Um, I was in Winnipeg where I'm from and my band was playing a show with Orthodox and Clue by Khan. And um, so I was like, oh, Sean, do you want to do an episode? He's like, sure. So we did that. And then the, the day before I left, um, I got together with, um, with another homie. Um, yeah, I can just tease it. Um, uh, my friend Adam Dyson from the band Withdrawal, um, he was like probably one of the first people that uh, when I was getting into the hardcore scene kind of like welcomed me in and he was definitely stoked when I started filming shows. Uh, and he's got a plethora of funny stories from being in the scene for like more than 10 years. So um, we did an episode just like in his like in his uh, in his bedroom and uh, he he was like, you really need to send that my way before you post it. Cause there's a bit, sometimes they'll just ramble on stuff. He's like, Oh, I really hope like you need to send that to me so I can edit it. And you know, like certain things he doesn't want to see the light of day, which is fine. Um, but, uh, yeah. So I guess all in all, like I, there was this time where I wanted to, you know, record these episodes like in the early summertime and release it, you know, a few months after and kind of got sidetracked with um, some job changes for me and just like the overall um, workload of scoped. And then I kind of just got fed up with myself that I was essentially like pigeon pigeonholing myself and leaving opportunity on the table. Um, Cause I think I really realized like it would be a lot easier to get certain guests if like my podcast was actually live and it wasn't something that people just had to wet on faith. So now that it's up, people, it's like some, someone can directly see that and be like, Oh, this is what this is about versus like just going off of a DM message or something. And they're like, I'm not really sure. So, um, yeah, super ha happy. It's just finally out. <laughs> Yeah, I'm definitely stoked to see this come to fruition because I obviously talk to you a lot, but behind the scenes. So I knew that this thing has been cooking for a while. So the fact that it's finally out and people can actually go and watch it or listen to it, whichever they prefer, it's really awesome. And it does help to actually have it out and people be able to access it because over time people sure. will, will be like okay this is an actual thing I, they can see you know your roster of guests and be like all right cool that's something i want to be a part of and i feel like people are uh, will be like a little more inclined to do it when they see that it's actually something legit and not just some weird thing that you're trying to pitch behind the scenes yeah and that was like you know there's probably some similarities to scoped overall like you know when i started that like i was like asking people if i could film their bands or film certain shows and like I had maybe like a couple shows under my belt so people are like I'm not really sure but I'm just gonna give this guy a chance and now it's like I know like like some of the time like sometimes sometimes I even like question like do I need to ask like obviously like and I'm trying to discipline myself to be a little bit more um but like I guess sensitive to that where there might be people who have maybe never been filmed before or things like that. But like a lot of the shows, especially here in Calgary or Edmonton, if it's like, Hey, scoped is going to cover this, like, or even like not even saying that, like just showing up, showing up at a show with my camera, um, you know, people are like, Oh, that's, you know, to be expected, like Spencer, 
at this show, like he's, he's going to film it or he wants to film it. Um, but yeah, again, trying to be aware that there is, a there are still people who, who like to be asked in advance. So. Yeah. I'm not even sure how that works. I just assume that most bands are cool with it. Uh, I, I can't imagine, um, you know, bands being upset that their stuff's being recorded. Yeah. Like I, again, like trying to just be empathetic to people, uh, and try to see their side, but still know like, okay, well, this was, I know what my goal is with this platform and what I'm doing. And, you know, a lot of, there's been sometimes where bands will get, I, I think it's more on the, on the aftermath side. So I don't think anyone, I think 99 times out of a hundred bands would be like, yeah, for sure. Film the show or film our set or whatever. But if something goes wrong during a set or, you know, just like maybe they have like some, you know, maybe they're not super confident as a person. I know there was like one band that I filmed and I got reached out by one of the members and she was asking me not to post it because she, you know, doesn't like seeing herself when she plays or she was, she couldn't, she was like, I can't really explain why I don't want it, but like, I'm, I'm not like really sure about it. And I was like, I can send you the video, like, so you can check it out. And by that time, like she looked at it and she's like, Oh man, like this sounds good. This looks good. You know, people are, you know, vibing, uh, to the set. Like, yeah, absolutely. You should post it. So I think the thing that I've learned while doing this is that it's, you know, even though it's like a pretty common thing in hardcore nowadays that there are people with cameras, whether they're doing photos or videos, it's still something that I need to, to like, you know, be respectful with people and their requests, but also, you know, educate people in a certain way, like, especially when it's a band asking like having a huge ask of me uh, or not realizing, like asking me, Hey, can you take down that video that I spent hours editing it? And maybe, and the reason that they don't want it um, really isn't justifiable in my opinion. And I know like there might be some people in certain bands who are like, Oh, fuck this guy. Like, you know, you wouldn't have any videos if it weren't for us. And it's like, that's true. But like, you wouldn't have any content for flyers for shirts for like any promotion if it weren't for people like archivists is what i've dubbed myself and and others um so i think it needs to be there needs to be a lot more like understanding and again like this is like a nine nine out of ten times everyone's like cool if i post a set and someone like broke a string or, um, you know, like a strap breaks or like something happens. Um, like people are like, yeah, like it's totally fine. And I think the, the bands and the people who maybe aren't, and they're like, I don't want, I don't want this set online because like so-and-so was standing in the front area and I don't like that person. Like, well, I can't control that. And like the fact that, like these sets aren't just for you and the members of your band. It's for the scene. It's for the venue. It's for the people who couldn't come to the show for the people that like your band. Um, a lot, I, I know a lot of people don't think that way and they just think about it for themselves. And 
and a, a lot of these videos, like, I think like they affect so many people. Who am I to be the thing that, um, determines whether something comes out or not. So there's been some times where like, and I can say all this stuff. Um, but I think there has been times, especially this year where I've like picked my battles where I'm like, this is not worth it for me to push. Um, but if it's a repeating, uh, pattern with a certain band, like I need to like check myself, like, you know, just being like straight up with them and being like, do you want this set filmed? Because for the past three, you've asked me not to post it or, you know, whatever. Um, so definitely need to, you know, like I've definitely, um, built up a lot more confidence as a hardcore, like scene creator, if you will. Um, cause I think when I was starting out, it was like, ironically, like I was starting out and I probably was less confident, um, and more people were down for it. But I think now that it's so, um, established, like, and there are people who are like, maybe like not as big a fans of it, but I'm still more confident. It's, it's funny how the, those things have, um, kind of shifted. Um, but I'm just kind of being self-reflective of, of, uh, of scopes for me right now. <laughs> so want to, want to bring it back to the podcast. The, yes, yeah. the first three episodes that you put out, um, one thing that I was worried about, um, because this has happened to me, I, loaded up on a bunch of episodes and slowly put them out. But then you could tell some things in the conversations were dated. And I, I know I've mentioned that to you before because I knew um, you were taking your time to putting all this stuff out. But when I listened to the, the first three episodes and um, hearing you today, tell me when you actually recorded that stuff, I felt like the conversations were fine. None of it felt dated to me. Um, and I actually, enjoyed those episodes um and mm -hmm. if i'm being honest i've only listened to those um, first three fully i started the fourth one or um you know technically episode three um but <laughs> right. that one uh, was a little rough so i hit pause on that and i haven't made my way to the mitch episode yet but i will get to that um but what I will say is uh, first or the, the pilot episode I thought was great because um, for me, I only know of Cole through like, you know, Instagram, the work that he does with you guys. So being able to listen to him talk for an hour and actually just go in depth about himself. And, you know, he touched on a lot of things that I thought were pretty personal and things that I never knew about him. So it was really interesting to be able to get to know him a little better. Right. And and then going to the um the pitch black north episode i like i didn't even really pay attention to the thumbnail so when i clicked into the video and i saw the guy wearing that mask i was like tripping out i was like dude i was like i like i get that that's like his character but i don't know if i could have sat there for like a whole you know hour or whatever and just talking to him and it be serious because like that mask is so crazy i was like looking at it and i just i don't know it, it just reminded me some like um like something that i saw in like american horror story yeah like so dom's like a very very like such a down-to-earth guy uh but he was so he's like yeah i'll do this whole podcast with uh um with the mask and we did have to um and, and maybe he'll be like oh man you have to tell everybody but we had to stop i think like a five or ten minutes in when he was like okay i need to 
take um like a ibuprofen or something because he was just like suffocating in there <laughs> so um yeah but once he took that he was uh totally fine after and uh yeah he was like oh now i'm just gonna like do nothing like after he finished like i'm just gonna do nothing now because i feel so like exhausted because he was like pushing through this like conversation with this like gift mask essentially on i was just like the whole time i was looking at it and i was like man how does he even take that thing off because it just looks so <laughs> tight to his freaking face yeah. it was crazy yeah yeah that, that's a really good episode um like the conversation was good as well but like if you just want to like just have a little a bit of just like see something odd and wacky like that's definitely uh one of the ones to start with yeah it's pretty interesting um, uh, have, have you guys um done that giveaway uh spoiler alert for people who haven't listened or oh watched? yeah 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 um so we haven't done it yet um so i still have those mugs i think i was like oh i'm gonna do it right away and then again just kind of got busy with some um with you know just with life and you know other things that scope has going on and in the works so i think i might do that once we hit like um a certain episode mark like either episode five or episode ten um you know depending on some when someone's listening to this podcast specifically, it could be long over. Mm -hmm. um, but if you're listening to it like the next day or the giveaway is announced the day of or whatever it is, um, essentially we're going to give away these uh, limited edition scoped X pitch black North um, mugs and do like a big T um, thing. And yeah, I actually have to talk with Dom more because we like, we talked about him essentially being like the very first like sponsor quote unquote of the podcast. Okay. And, um, cause he's like, he loves what we do and he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to throw you a bunch of tea bags, um, for you to, you to give away or do contests like that. Um, and that's, you know, like as scoped is growing, like that's what I'm trying to think of, like doing more of like collaborating with, you know, like hardcore related brands, if you will, and doing like, like fun, surprise and delight things where, you know, it's like, Hey, if you, if you shared a scoped exposure, um, you know, like video this month, like you're going to get a, you know, a free tea bag or, you know, I'm going to send you a, I don't know, like a Tim, Tim Horns gift, like whatever it is, like I, I'm wanting to do more of those things to kind of keep you know, because the, the, not monotony, but the, if it's, cause like we will always have live sets of bands. That's what we're known for. And you know, that's kind of what we build it, our brand around, but being able and being able to do other things that kind of keep the, the overall like flavor of what we're doing always fresh, I think is like super important. I think people that, um, either do photography or videos or podcasts and don't kind of like switch it up and do like, not like they have to change their entire content strategy, but if they're just adding a little bit of other things to be able to like play around with it. And, you know, like we've talked about that as well. Like, you know, you doing your hundredth episode as like a video, um, format and doing it in Disney world was, I think like the perfect way to celebrate like a hundred episodes but it also like 
got my brain like kind of working like about your project and like oh man like jamie should totally do more podcast episodes video wise a but also in in disney world for sure you know it's funny is uh, that's probably like the most like asked question that i've got um since i put that out like just people mm-hmm. asking like oh so like are you gonna do like more like video stuff and I was like, nope, <laughs> that was just something really <laughs> special. Uh, shout out to Steven from 197 for teaming up with me and actually Absolutely. getting yeah. that done. Um, but on. it's uh, not something that's going to be like commonplace for, for for me just because I, I, having access to like just that kind of equipment isn't normal. And just like my schedule and Steven's schedule, like um, we both just have a lot of things going on. So for us to get together to do that regularly, just like wouldn't make sense because um, he has a lot on his plate. And for me, like the things that I'm scheduling, it just wouldn't make sense. But um, I will do it again in the future. Uh, Steven and I, we are already have the next thing planned and I've probably already said too much, but um, there, there will be there will be more video stuff in the future, but it just won't be um, as common. So um, right. thank you. Thank you to everybody who's watched episode 100. It was definitely something that uh, I didn't really think it would actually come together and especially come together as easy as it did. Um, but it was definitely something really fun and something new for me because I'd never done anything on camera, especially for like that long. Cause I'll shoot like little videos in Instagram, um, you know, with my buddy Garrett filming on my phone, but having something like that long, it was just very new for me. Um, and it was definitely fun. So, um, we'll do it again in the future, but it's not going to be something that's uh, pretty common. So just wait. Yeah. Yeah. Very sick. Yeah. So it was an experience, but, um, I was happy and really stoked that we reached that milestone because I'm telling you it, Seriously, I, I can't even remember uh, how we got there. It, it just feels like we like it all happened so fast. Yeah, and it it always does, man. Like I know, um, you know, like there's a lot of lead up to a lot of things. I think, especially when you're like a content creator, like you get an opportunity and it's like all you're thinking about for months and months and months, and then you're there and it's over like so quickly. Um, for me, like the most recent thing was definitely like Snow and Flurry uh, Fest because that was like a festival that I've personally been trying to document um, even before Scoped. Um, uh, when I lived back in Winnipeg and the fest- festival was in Fargo, I was like, oh yeah, I could work down there in three hours or whatever. And like the first year it was like crazy snowstorm. And then the next year I had like moved and I was like, just changed jobs so i was like oh i can't make this work this year and then like to meet with like jesse from swing low when they were here in calgary for wild rose and like dude i want to make this happen and he was like yeah like like I, like let's talk sooner to the date and then they announced the days and we started talking again and then he sent me the lineup i'm like oh my gosh we have to do this and then um yeah just lining that up like um i told you that there was a very stressful travel story that i wanted to tell on this podcast and uh but yeah when we were actually there and all of that was over it was like oh 
Advent is playing now, and it was like they were like the last band of like twenty um, some bands that we filmed in two days. So before uh, we get to that story, and I've been um, waiting to bring that up um, before. Uh, <laughs> before you filmed it this year, um, did they have somebody in the previous years like documenting the whole fest? Um, so not like in the way that we do it. Um, I'll st- like, I'll, st- I don't know, uh, his, uh, yeah, is it he? Yeah. I don't know his name, um, that did it, but I know the, the year before there are videos. If you search snow and flurry 2018, um, but um yeah as far as like the audio quality and like you know just setting up a camera on a tripod um that's like you know that was a big reason like why i started doing things overall is like i would see people documenting shows and like setting that up and i feel like it checks a box but like you can do so much more with just having someone even just holding a camera and just like panning with you know, the energy of the, of the show. And then like, once you had a zoom lens, Oh, you're just covering all these different angles. And you know, it's, it's a better way to tell the story of, a of the set. And I've said that on a, on a other podcast, but it, it's so true, man. Like, you know, when, like, when you see these like sets and like you're there live, like it is, a a set but like when you watch it back on film it's like a memory so for people like i've been a fan of like sunny's style of filming since like day one so like i've mimicked a lot of his motions and you know things like that and and developed whips and pans of of my own if, if you will um but yeah like as far as like snow and flurry goes um there was someone who filmed it but um i think it's and you know i'm biased obviously because i filmed it but i think it's a night and day difference of like what they had the year prior to what they had this year so i hope jesse derek and all the homies um uh who brought us out were as stoked with the product as, as we as we are so yeah i've been keeping up with the videos that you've released and the um one band that i didn't know about before you posted their set was this band called giveaway i i saw their saw their live set and i was like damn i'm actually into this this band's pretty cool and uh i was really stoked i was because i had never heard of them before so watching their set and i was like damn this band goes off and i've never heard about them this is sick so um thank you because it's always cool discovering new bands that you've never heard about before so that's one thing that, that oh, i yeah. like about um you know people going to these fests and documenting the whole thing because even um if you're at a fest and like sometimes you want to take a break go out get some food so you'll skip a band um that you're not familiar with and maybe they're actually a good band but you know you had no idea because you never heard of them before so this is just kind of like a cool way to kind of um watch bands that you've never heard of or maybe missed yeah yeah it's pretty crazy man like you know like i would say when we got the the lineup i maybe knew five of the bands and we had only filmed three in 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 prior uh shows um so i was like 
I'm super like I get giddy about that shit because it's like I get to like have this super raw like authentic experience of seeing this certain all these different bands live for the first time and I don't like to like do my research with certain bands in advance like sometimes like there's been exceptions where I see I'm like what the heck like what, what kind of band name is Frost Coffin with a K and then I listen to him like yo this is sick um but nine times out of ten i'm like okay i want to have like a true uh real authentic experience um giveaway was a band that i did listen to prior i was actually following them on social before um i even saw that they were playing the fest so i knew that they were a band i was stoked to see um they they they're not a band anymore but one of the sets that really stuck out to me was like uh, this band from Louisville called Transgression. They played the first day. And it's like essentially like mid like mid two thousands metalcore, but like on like like steroids and have like vocal effects and like as soon as they started playing, I was like, Oh shit, something's something's about to go down and it was like tons of homies like moshing for them and just like they were they absolutely killed it. And, um, yeah, we put out that set and then like short, like, I think the day before they, they announced that they were breaking up and their last show is going to be LBD 2020, uh, in February. So that's always like an interesting thing for me too, is like, you know, there are some bands that like, literally I've been there since day, their day one, you know, demo day one you know first show whatever however you want to characterize it so i've been able to actually like document it properly and like watch them grow and things like that and sometimes there's things like that where it's like a band's like maybe thinking about breaking up or you know it's you know the writing's on the wall and they're like okay well we're gonna play this fest or whatever and then we capture a set of theirs and um and then a lot of people are like yo this is sick and then they're like oh yeah we're actually breaking up so um that's a, a big reason for me is like why i want to document all, every band because i feel like it's capturing like a glimpse of you know where they are in their career where these musicians are because like i get really like nerdy about all of that it's like oh like you know this you know it's very you know, it's there. You know, all sorry, I'm jumping. Here's an example uh, pretty big band in Calgary Restoration um, have loads of sets of, of theirs, you know, since their like first show, and you know, been able to watch them grow as a band. Um, that's very cool. Um, on the flip side, there's a part of me that really wishes I had more sets of, you know, other bands that members. Uh, of that band we're in for example well the one that i like maybe do have a plethora of is like mortality rate like cody drums in that band and i was doing vocals in serration as well um but you know there's members of that band were in this band called self-harm uh some of them played in this band called bleach for a bit so like you know and those were things that i saw either before i was filming or you know maybe i filmed the set and like something got messed up um but i think like context is so um it's such a a huge way for for people to actually appreciate a band um more versus just seeing a set and 
seeing people going off, it's like, oh yeah, that's cool. Um, so yeah, I think I, I think I got a little, um, oh, my headphones are starting to die on me. So I'm going to switch to my phone. Uh, are we good on the audio side? Yeah. Yeah. You, you sound fine, but okay. Yeah. So, but going yeah, back, yeah, so. I, I was kind of rambling off no. of, uh, you checking out giveaway, but yeah, yeah. I, I think it's, uh, it's really cool to be able to like, that's like the ultimate, like, um, high for me is like getting a bunch of people messaging me or telling me like, Hey, because you filmed this band, like now I'm a fan of them. So yeah so shout out giveaway um somebody yeah, put me OKC crew <laughs> somebody oh, link oh, me oh, up oh. with giveaway and get them on the podcast oh i i will definitely tell you which members you should head up for that absolutely all right we'll, we'll do that off air but um going back to you getting to stone flurry i know we had talked uh i think like a couple of days before and you were kind of in a dire situation so maybe you can um, take us back to that day and tell us how you actually got to santa or excuse me stone flurry <laughs> that's your uh, california hardcore yeah out. Uh, <laughs> um yeah so um, so to give some context, um, I, so, so the actual like stress of like traveling overall is very stressful as anyone can attest. So, um, you know, we were getting closer, we were talking about like, okay, like this is where we're staying. This is our Airbnb, um, you know, thinking about like how we are all getting to the airport. Cause me, um, Cole, our photographer and our other videographer Jordan were all going together. So we're going as a team. Um, so anyways, the Sunday, uh, prior, cause we were leaving on the Thursday, the Sunday prior, I like spoke with my boss and, um, not to get into like the details of what I do for work, but like there was uh, a couple like video shoot locations in the States, um, that were involved in. And my boss was down in Minneapolis. And I was like, oh, I'm going to be down there like in a few days. And essentially we got to talking. He was like, oh, could I change your flight? Uh, like paid to change your flight because I had booked it for scope, not for work. But he offered to change my flight so I could be down there a day earlier so I could get some work um, done down there. And then I would just be down there for the fest and the guys would meet up with me. So I was like, yeah, I think that would be fine. Um, so he's like, okay, uh, just send me your passport number. So I begin my search for my passport and realize it is nowhere to be found. And I start to uh, stress out because not only this is like my boss who's like waiting to get my number to like book my flight that night, but you know, I ultimately needed to get to this festival in a few days. So looking around my house, tearing apart things like, like literally driving my wife insane because she's like, you're like just destroying our home ultimately get to the conclusion of my password is now lost and I need to travel in like three, four days. So the stuff with my work was like, okay, if you get things sorted out, um, maybe we'll try and, you know, we'll play it by ear, but you know, we won't try to push anything. So essentially over the next three days, I was like, I did nothing, <laughs> but uh, get passport applications, 
get guarantors to sign off on like passport photos and all this stuff. And it was like, so crazy. Um, I like took everything to like the service Canada office to be like, okay, uh, I have everything. Um, I read online that you could do like a 24 hour passport. So I was like, I need that. I need to stop stressing about this. Uh, then they told me, oh, your birth certificate needs to be the original document. It can't be like a photocopy. Um, so I had to call my mom who lives in Ontario and she had to overnight ship um, my birth certificate. So shout out to FedEx. I got that and then like went in and I was like, can I get this in a 24 hour turnaround? He's like, well, um, you're not leaving until Thursday, so we can do it as a 48, but we can't guarantee it. So I was kind of just sitting there like waiting on Wednesday. Like I essentially, I was going to go to the office, uh, the service Canada office and say, do you have my my new passport? Um, they would say yes or no. And then I would go to the airport with the guys. <laughs> so I show up there with my bags packed and I'm like ready to go. I'm like, you got it. And they're like, yep, here it is. So I'm like, oh, so happy that all this stress is over. And then the world was like, ha ha, you're wrong. So, so anyways, I meet up with the guys. We're all like stoked that I got everything figured out and you know, whatever. And for international flights, you got to be there like two hours early. So we're there two hours early and we get to the lineup for international and it's like just packed. And so we're like, oh, well, like that's a pretty long line. And then we start to stand in line and we realize how slow it's going. And literally we were still standing in line when our flight was like scheduled to take off. So there's like a couple of people in line who were like, I'm on that flight. Cause we were linking, we were connecting through Denver. We're like I'm on that flight. Um, like we're trying to see if they can hold the plane. So like they were like getting emails so they could like prove, yes, this person who booked this flight is in line with me or whatever. So it was like very stressful um because like i think if we couldn't like we didn't have any like money essentially to like rebook a flight so i was like oh like we just gotta get this thing we gotta we gotta get on this plane so they delayed the flight by an hour so we're like okay so we finally get through security we rush through customs and uh we're running to the gate and the gate's closed and we're like fuck so we look and the plane's still there and like, it's, it's up to the captain at this point. So we're like, okay, well that obviously means he's going to be like deuces and take off. Um, and they're starting to take people's bags off the plane. So I'm like, oh my goodness. Um, are they going to take our bag off? And then these people came up and like, okay, the, the pilot uh, is going to allow, and there was like 30 people. So it's like a lot of people. And they're like, we will let these people uh, back on the plane there might your bag might have been taken off but you know we can figure out how to get that to you or whatever so get on the plane and i think okay we're gonna land we're gonna figure out where our bag is and that will be the end of it so we land in denver and we find out our bag made it on so we're like okay we're all good we fly to minneapolis and it's like 11 30 at night um derek who's like one of the promoters is like like outside to like pick us up and then we re and then our bag doesn't come on the carousel and we're like are you fucking kidding me 
So we go and talk to the customer service person. They said, oh, it got left in Denver. Like, for fuck's sake. So they were like, either it will come on the 9 a.m. flight tomorrow morning or at the 11, like the same flight that we were on tomorrow night. So we're like, well, it can't come tomorrow night because we're not going to have any deer with us. Um, oh, and, th- and this was the one flight that I decided not to just like travel with my camera bag on me, which was a very boomer move by my part. Um, but, uh, and, and I'm not like, I'm not trying to drag out this story. It's like, this is how like intense this whole like time was. So we get to our Airbnb, we go to bed, we wake up, we're calling like their customer service number that they gave me. They're not picking up. They're not picking up. And we're like getting to that point where we have to either plan B, rent some gear in Minneapolis and try and shoot that with the first day. And then we hopefully get our bag in the evening or, you know, we've head to the airport to get the, uh, the bag. So we're like, okay, like it looks like plan B is the situation. Um, I called, I'm like, let's just call one more time. I called them and then like someone picked up and like, yep, your bag's here. So we like book it um, in an Uber all the way to the airport, grab it, book it all the way back to the venue. And luckily we had all their, all the equipment that we needed, sound stuff, lenses, batteries, um, you know, tripods, everything was there in time for, you know, the first band um, with a couple hours to spare, but, literally happened in the most stressful way possible <laughs> um yeah i was very drained after that weekend like with that starting it off and then being you know filming all these fans i was like dead after the first day okay so i definitely have a, a couple questions did you ever find yes. your original passport uh no that is uh, long gone in my opinion. So, um, you know, one of the things I had to do was like, um, that was something I was thinking about. Like if I just found my regular passport, that would be fine. But at the same time, there was all these other stresses and obstacles that would have happened regardless if I had lost my password anyways. Um, so yeah, I didn't find that I had to fill out an application essentially declaring that I had lost it and I had tried my best to locate it but could not um and yeah so did not find that um what was your second question i'm scared to ask no no and uh you mentioned that the flight got delayed for an hour um do you know what caused that delay which um basically saved you guys because if that flight would have left on time you guys still would have been in line at customs right oh I think it must like it must have been you know people calling the airline. I think they said like forty people had called the airline to com- to say like, "Hey, I'm in line for my flight." Um, it definitely wasn't the airline's fault that um, caused this big backup or any other airline's fault. It was actually the Calgary International Airport. Um, they were doing like the full body scanner. Um, but it was like a one at a time kind of thing. And they only had one of those. So like, you know, a big surge of people of international flights all happening at the same time with like this tiny little security funnel just caused this like very stressful time for a lot of people. Yeah. Cause 
I used to be the kind of person that would want to get to the airport super early. So there would be like no way that I run into any problems and it caused me to miss my flight. But right. uh, the last couple, like couple times that I've flown, I've I just found myself sitting in my terminal just wondering, why did I get here so early? So the, the last time I, I flew to Florida, I like, pushed it i was like there's no way i'm gonna sit in a, a terminal for hours just waiting for my flight i was like i'm gonna try to get there so when i show up i literally just walk on and um it, it was definitely like a little uh you know like it was like a spicy situation because um i was like having coffee with some friends in orange county but i needed to be at lax and I was like constantly looking at like the um, the traffic and thinking like, OK, like right. I could make it on time if I left um, in an hour. So I, I definitely pushed it and I, I probably made it with like I probably had to sit in my terminal for like 30 minutes. But that was like the shortest I've ever had to wait. Um, and I was like, OK, I like this like situation way better than showing up like two hours early and having to sit here kind of bored because like I'm going to be sitting on a plane for like the next like five hours. I was like, I I don't want to be here this early. So like, that's like my new thing. It's just not getting there early and just like, you know, just letting it just play out. Like if I get there on time, cool. If not, whatever, it's not the end of the world. We'll figure it out. Yeah. And it was like, like for international, like you, like that is recommended. But if I was flying to like Winnipeg or Vancouver, like, an hour is more than fine. Like there's been times where I've like, I've pushed it to like, Oh yeah. 45 minutes before my flight leaves is totally fine. But then you get like screwed over and the, and the security line is so long. So essentially it's like buffer time just to stand in line. So I, I totally get that. I'm honestly like a big, like if there was any lessons learned is like, I should just take my dad's advice and, bunker down and get a nexus pass so i can just at least not have to be a normie and stand in the normie lines and i can just like you know i i bought this hundred dollar like um card to get a little bit of you know skip the line access or like faster um ways to get through security but yeah just traveling overall can be like very stressful but uh I'm just glad. I I think the biggest thing is like I'm just glad that we got there and we did it, and I didn't have to let anybody down. Being like, yeah, our, we missed our flight, you know. Yeah, yeah. I I have to um or I have to travel to Florida in uh, in about a month because I'm going to FYA. So yeah. which is pretty interesting because I feel like like that's that's like the only place I travel to is Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it seems like you're just on the Disney trains or you're like, okay, where's the other place that has a Disney park? Oh, Florida. And the hardware scene that there is cool. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do that. Yeah. Um, you know, which was crazy is, uh, the last time I was in Florida, it just kind of fell in line with the point of contact record release show, which I mm-hmm. didn't plan because I, I, um, do an annual trip with my friends. Um, it's, every Halloween we go to Disney world, which is awesome. It's like my favorite thing to do. Um, but one day 
the show was happening. So I was like, shit, there's, um, I was like, I, I love Disney. I've been doing this for like four days this week. I was like, I think I can take one day off to go uh, to floor or to, to Tampa and, um, check out this hardcore show. Um, see some people that I've had on the podcast that, that I've made friends with. Um, and it was definitely like a good thing that I did because I had such an awesome time. It was cool to see like what real Florida hardcore is like. And, um, everybody there was friendly and it was just such a cool experience to be there with that lineup of bands. It was just awesome. I I couldn't have asked for like a better time to be there. Yeah. I think it was like, um, you know, something that I took away from snow and flurry, like, you know, not only do we, you know, capture a bunch of cool sets and, you know, make connections with bands and other people, but, you know, like, I think a huge thing for you just having perspective for like, just hardcore in general and like how a scene should operate is like actually going to other hardcore scenes and like spending time there and just like, you know, seeing how, you know, other people in like certain scenes, you know, carry themselves and like talk about certain bands. Like, and I think for like Minneapolis, like it's a lot of like Midwest love. Like there was lots of people from Oklahoma lots of people from Louisville, from Michigan, from Detroit or Detroit to Michigan. Um, but like there's tons of people from like all these really tight corners of, um, of the country that don't have like uh, a surplus of bands or like a super, like, um, like, like a super big fest that, you know, it was like, Oh, that's the one that's the festival you go to every summer or whatever. Um, so it was like, honestly, like super cool to like, see how appreciative people were for like, not only like just us being there, like so many people that I had like never met in my life. And they're like, thank you so much for coming. Um, that was like super humbling to see. And just like how, you know, people would like literally just like throw down so hard to certain bands and, you know, maybe like slam into someone's like head and then immediately are giving them like the biggest hug or something so i think like for me like no scene is perfect obviously like you know every scene has you know like issues with you know uh with not like bands but like maybe there's like a lack of bands or like there's uh, a season of drought or like not enough young kids are coming to shows or there's not enough all ages venues like there's a million reasons but, you know, being able to, like, look at what you have and appreciate that and also, like, use, you know, your adversity as fuel to, like, okay, I'm going to make something great here. Whether that's, like, you picking up the torch and starting to book shows or you starting your own band that, you know, you've been wanting to see in that scene for a long time or, you know for me, it was like, I want to start filming stuff because I want to look back at these sets and, uh, you know, that's grown into its own thing. So, so yeah, I think like, you know, like we walked away with a lot from there, but for me personally, like, you know, being able to see how, like how fruitful a scene was off of very, um, positive vibes was, uh, very like, uh, very, very important for me to see, I guess, where I am in hardcore. So, 
Yeah, I, I always try to encourage people to do more than just come out and, you know, go to a show, which is cool. It, it, it's awesome. Kids come out, but kids uh, and I, I say kids, hardcore kids, whatever. Um, everybody in the scene should at least try to do more than just that, because I feel like there's so many right. uh, creative people that come out and a lot of people probably feel like some things are out of reach or maybe it's not going to be successful or whatever, but you shouldn't do it for those reasons. You should just do it because you love it. And um, you'd be surprised at how many people probably share the same interests as you um, more than just the music. And, you know, you could just randomly find friends that want to build and collab and create cool stuff to help this thing stay healthy and stay thriving because people shouldn't take it for granted that there's bands, venues and scenes just there. It's like, no, people are actually putting in work to keep these things going and keeping them active. Oh, a hundred thousand percent. Um, I think like it is so crucial to, you know, because it's like, Oh, that's so-and-so they're gonna, they're the ones that book shows or that's so-and-so they're the ones who take photos or whatever it is. Like, I, I've been doing and I've been in the scene like like enough to be like yeah I, I thought like I thought Joel was the guy to book shows and then he's like yeah I'm done booking shows and we're like oh shit okay well when now or like oh this is the band to you know play local shows or something like that and then someone else comes up and we're like oh actually that band is arguably as good as this band and you know they have a lot of years on them but yeah they could they're for sure making like a bigger impact um, or, you know, Oh, like for me, it was like, Oh, Matt's the guy to, uh, to film shows and throw them online. And, you know, then I started and then he just, he was stopped. He was like, you're doing a great job. So I, I don't need to do this anymore. Um, so it like there, there needs to be that extra thing. It's like, yes, go, going to shows like is, step one but there needs to be additional things if you really really love this music and this scene because um people that are in it for the wrong reasons can really really tear it down very quickly and then it puts you know it it pushes people to not go to shows because they're like i don't i don't want to be involved with these people and you know there's there's like people in my life that i've that i know used to go to shows and they're like like so stoked about what I'm doing. They think it's like super important. And they're like, it's slowly kind of pulling them back in a way. Cause they're like, yeah, I stopped going to shows because you know, just there was a crew of people that I'm like, yeah, I don't want to associate myself with these people or anytime around them. Like, it's just, I don't feel awesome. But the fact that you're doing this, it's almost like I'm like a little, like, um, you know, I'm getting a little like back, backdoor access to kind of look at like, okay, this is what's actually going on in the scene still. Oh, this band's kind of cool. Um, yeah, maybe I will go to that show next weekend or whatever to, to see, to see that band. And I think that's like a huge thing that I know for scoped is like, you know, the reason that things are working and, and what pushes me to keep going is like, it is put, it is getting more people to shows while I think, they're like the norm if you will is like oh if if people are going to film shows then there's no point to go to shows because i can watch them like being able to create content and to create 
context around bands and giving them a little bit of exposure, but also like just like capturing these moments that people are living and um, being able to share them freely. I I think is is bringing more people that should be at hardcore shows to shows and if anything it is pushing people to be like i'm not going to shows because of this and i would argue that those people that have that mindset probably wouldn't like go to shows for a multitude of other reasons whether they're like all oh, the scenes dead or you know they're just i know that they're we're bringing more people that are like wanting to be a part of hardcore and just like love this music versus people that just think it's a fad and it's a, it's a trend and it's something that can be easily checked out of. For sure. It's definitely pretty interesting when people get turned off, which makes me kind of sad because I, I never want to, uh, you know, think about people feeling that they can't go to shows or they don't want to go to shows because they don't want to be around certain people, which is fair because, you know, I'm going to be honest when I go to shows, I walk in the room, I'm not a hundred percent stoked to see everybody. I'm sure there's people in there who I don't really care about. And there's definitely friends that I'm happy to see there. So I, I just hope people uh, can just come out, have a good time. And yeah, there might be some people in the room that you don't like, but it's like, you don't really have to pay attention to them. You can just kind of block it out and just go there for the music, support the scene and, you know, do your part because, uh, it's so easy just to give up and just walk away. Yeah. I think, I think it like kind of comes down to like, what irks me is the fact that majority like you say hardcore kids but like like we're all adults like and we should be able to have conversations or like you know work things out as adults should um a lot of people don't want to you know aren't at that level where they're like oh well so and so like did this to me or whatever like or so and so's a dick or whatever like i think it's like you're totally right like there's there's times where i've gone to shows i was like oh so-and-so's here but for me that's not a reason that i'm like okay well this this is gonna like i'm gonna let this person ruin my night um and like or god forbid just push me to a point where it's like i don't even want to go to shows because so-and-so is there um at the same time like if there's been certain things where like this has been something that i've been like thinking about and like asking myself like do i need to like you know initiate that conversation like hey man like or you know whoever it is like hey um i just want to work this out like whatever it is because some people aren't at that point and i have done that in the past and some people are just like oh fuck you or whatever um and you know that's wasted energy on my part So I think for me, it is like, you know, I'm not sure what the answer is as far as like, should, um, you know, should you like, should everybody be friends with everybody and everyone's chill? Um, Ideally, but you know, that that's obviously not going to happen when there's a, a variety of different kinds of people with different backgrounds and different 
struggles and things like that. And some things just don't mesh. Like there's a reason that, you know, you know, like you and I are like a lot closer than a lot of other people in like the LA hardcore scene that I've arguably spent more time with through like seeing them at fests and talking to them and things like that. Like we do something similar. We're a little bit more like-minded. So I get that. Um, but I think I, I know that we can be a lot more just like, just relax a little bit and like realize that like, you know, even if you've been in the scene for 10 years, you, it doesn't give you a, a license to, to be a dickhead or, you know, treat people a certain way and to like to humble yourself a little bit more and being like, man, there's actually people who come to these shows and, you know, being a certain way to them will eventually like push them away and then they won't come to shows and then it's just you. So, um, yeah, we're going to get into some, some, uh, deep, um, deep topics. Yeah, it's all good. Um, yeah. So it, it's definitely a bummer, but, um, I, I think what you do, well, not what you do is a bummer, um, that people get, uh, you know, <laughs> I did, that came out wrong pause. Um, when people get bummed out or don't want to come to shows because of, um, uh, cause of stupid reasons, like, uh, just come out have a good time and things will work itself out. Yeah. hundred percent agree. So wanted to bring up, uh, it was a couple of months ago, um, scoped, you guys had your, um, two year anniversary. Yes. And, um, which I think is cool. Um, two years, you guys threw, um, a pretty awesome show in Calgary. Um, before we, we touch on the show, I, I just wanted to ask, is this going to be like an annual thing? Are you guys going to celebrate, um, three years coming up shortly? Um, so yeah, that has been discussed. Um, so like when we did our doing a one year and doing the one year anniversary show was like, I just wanted to do something super small just to be like, like I was stoked on the fact that we got two years. So I'm like, let's try and do something else. Um, just to kind of throw a bash, like a super small show, invite some of my friends, you know, kind of just have, have a blast. And then that turned into uh some of a friend of mine who was already doing something that same weekend but was a fan of what we did and was like hey i'm playing out terror already let's have them as like let's collab and do something together so like that bar was set very high um for the two year and obviously like i didn't want to feel like oh i need to match it but i was like there was things that happened for the one year anniversary um that you know like we like since it was already set up through like through jfk like he had booked venues that were not 18 plus and i know there's like a ton of like ton of kids who are under 18 who like didn't come to the shows who were like really bummed because they like really really like scoped and, and like what i'm doing so i was like it needs to be all ages this year um and yeah just like it um, so, so this year, instead of being like, we need to top year one, it was more like, let's just make this more aligned with what we want so we could hold it closer, uh, to us. So, you know, bringing out, um, you know, 
it's always been a focus to bring out bands um, that represent like the Western Canada hardcore space. Um, and then, you know, bring out Dare and No Right. Um, Dare was a band that one of the people who was working with me, her name is Nikki, was like really close friends with. And she was like, I was like, you can have first picks. Um, so she was like, she hit up Dare. They were down immediately. And then No Right was a band that I saw uh, in Vancouver in February. And I was like, this band would be like a really good, like, you know, co-headliner, if you will. Um, and honestly, some of the nicest people that I've met. Um, so it was cool to have like the California straight edge duo um, kind of be a part of the, the anniversary show. Lots of people were calling it a fest and it really was, and it was just like a longer show. Um, as far as like the three year, like we have thought about, you know, we're, we're already in like discussions about like a main headliner and we're trying to figure out like swapping things. So instead of having like a longer show, like maybe having a main show and then a pre-show the day before. Um, so yeah, like it is something that I want to do every year. Um, even if it's something small, like it doesn't need to be this big crazy thing every single time, but it's more like, I want to bring in these bands that have been very vital to like our growth as like a channel and a brand, but also like, you know, just, I want to see all my friends under the same roof because that gets me hyped. I definitely thought it was awesome with the lineup that you guys picked for the second one. Um, shout out to dare orange County straight edge. They just dropped two new songs, which are amazing. I love that band. I'm always going to support them. So I was really stoked to see you give them some shine in Canada, which was really cool. Love the live set. It was super awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it's always crazy. Like just considering like those guys like came a long, long way to be there. Um, it snowed on the day of the event. So that was like, I think the first time that they had experienced snow before. Um, so that was really funny. Um, but it was also like, you know, they played for like 11 minutes and then it was over, but it still was like, man, this is so sick. Um, so yeah, super thankful to, for dare for coming out and definitely go listen to that new, uh, EP or demo or whatever they're calling it. I, I think it's just, uh, promo songs, um, for the new stuff that that's going to come out. Ah, gotcha. Okay. I have yet to listen to it. I'm I'm so freaking busy that like I don't treat myself to like sitting down and listening to music when mm. you know probably it's you know only like four minutes or five minutes long or something. Yeah, um, it, it, yeah it's, I, need, um, I need to listen to that. Super the awesome! Insane! I love that. Yeah, no, the the, the um, songs are awesome. They actually use a sound clip from the show, The OC, which I thought was so awesome. And to my knowledge, I, I can't oh, even think. Sick. Yeah, I, I can't think of another band from Orange County that used that sound clip, which was uh, it, uh, to me it was like low hanging fruit. I'm surprised nobody has done that before. But oh, it, it was hundred percent. But it was just so awesome. I, like I, I listened to that because uh, The OC is like one of my favorite shows. So hearing that from a band from Orange County, I was like, fuck yeah, this is so cool. That's so cool. So full disclaimer, um, and, and we can keep talking, um, but I am, I am home now and I need to, uh, 
take the little doggo out for a quick walk before I head out again. So we're just going to do this super raw <laughs> and, uh, and just keep the conversation going. Dude. I, I don't want to rush you. Hey, Marty. Yeah, no, it's totally fine. Um, I've had people, you know, go through uh, Taco Bell drive throughs Philly cheesesteaks. So you walking the dog on the podcast, it's totally fine. Yeah, that was, um, that was Joe, right? Yeah. He was like, I got to order this, this sandwich right now. Hi, buddy. Yeah. So it was, uh, you know, fine by me. And, you know, you guys do whatever you can. Um, I don't mind. That's all good. Um, yeah, what time are we at? We've been going for for a minute here. Yeah, about an hour and a half. Um, the uh, one last thing I wanted to ask you, uh, you went on a couple days on the road with um, a band called um, Plead. Oh yes, the homies. Yes, shout out, the, uh, shout out, Plead. Uh, I I was curious because I I know you filmed some stuff for a music video that they're supposed to be getting together, and I haven't seen or heard anything in a while, so I was just curious uh, how's that coming along. Uh yeah. So to give some context, if people aren't like who's Plead and you know what, so Plead is um they're kind of like a a metalcore hardcore band from uh. <laughs> you just jumped there. Um, from Calgary here, um, some good friends of mine, some old, some new. Um, so they hit me up actually at the beginning of the year um, to film a music video, like to kind of kick off the band. So we did that like in the winter time. Um, that was actually pretty funny because I bought hand warmers for everyone because like we were like doing takes and then it's like oh like people are freezing their their butts off essentially uh-huh. so we shot this video um it was a good like creative outlet for me especially with like again the the very demanding like film the set release the set film the set release the set it was like oh i can be a little bit more creative with my shots and editing because it's like a totally different um style of uh of filming so and i definitely want to do like more music videos anyways so you know for them to give me a shot was like very cool um so we did that they released it started playing some shows and they were again a band that i was able to um you know document since their birth essentially so i think this year we're at like maybe five or six please sets um but they were doing like a little western canada run and they wanted to do like a tour music video for some new shit that they're working on so i couldn't do the full run with them but uh, i went on a couple dates um we did edmonton red deer in calgary just like alberta essentially and so for for them i didn't like film their live sets um, cause I was like filming for this music, music video. So we were kind of bouncing around and getting some different kinds of shots, but it was actually a good thing for me to, um, be with those bands that they were touring with. Cause I got to film them every night and capture some kind of like back to back, um, hardcore sets. So that was really cool. Um, it kind of reminded me of like. A, a very small 
uh, version of what like Sonny would do. Like he would do like a J- Japanese tour with Jesus Peace and have like 13 Jesus Peace sets and all these other bands. But it was a great way for me to see some new venues and see some new bands that I wouldn't have seen before. And uh, it, it honestly got me thinking about um, like doing that for other bands as well. It's like if a band's doing like a, a big run in the States, like bring me or like, you know, figure, figure out something that works for both bands. And then, you know, I get to film all these other bands um, that I would never have gone to film before. So trying to think about that more in 2020. And then as far as like the music video is concerned, um, I am working on it. That's probably like an early 2020 release. Um, the song that they sent me that they wanted to do is like, it's very awesome. So I'm very excited for people to, uh, to hear that and see it. Well, I want to thank you again, Spencer. This has definitely been a pleasure. Um, I'm happy that we were able to get back together and do the podcast, even though some of our conversations offline could easily be podcasts. I'm just happy that we are finally able to do this again. <laughs> they very well could be. Yeah. Yeah. And sorry if I was trying to rush you there at the end. I was like, oh, we were uh, sometimes like I got so wrapped up in our conversations and I'm like, Oh, right. My life's still going on and I need to pick this thing up or whatever. So you're all good. Um, again, I'm, uh, I'm very, I'm very grateful that we are, we're friends, even though we've never actually met in person. And I'm very excited when that day comes. Um, and yeah, just very, very proud of you for all of the stuff that you're doing in your kind of like local scene. And, uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. All right. Well, before we sign off, is there anything you want to shout out or plug? Um, go listen and subscribe to the Scope Podcast. Um, go watch Jamie's 100th Disney World uh, podcast. Um, go follow all the Scoped homies, Cole, Liam, Jordan, and Matt. And... Um, if you're a band in wherever part of the world and you're thinking about coming to Canada, hit us up because not only will we film you and take photos, but we also help set up that show and or tour. So, um, yeah, that's, those are my plugs. All right. Hope hope you've enjoyed this. (laughs) Thank you, Spencer. I love Canadian hardcore. I love what Scoped Exposure is doing. So I'm really happy to be here, be your friend and see your guys' growth because I think you guys have a lot of potential. You guys are doing great things for Canada. So this has been a pleasure of mine and I'm looking forward to doing this again. So thank you. This means a lot. You're too nice, Jamie. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you guys again for listening. Um, Go listen to False Body. I I forgot to shout them out. That band is awesome. Oh, yeah. False Body. (laughs) False Body is so sick. Um, Check them out. Um, Honestly, you should just like end this episode with seeing as many Canadian hardcore bands. Oh, man. Rest in Peace Backbite. Um, Listen to Endgame. Dude, Um, where's Prowl? 
listen to Prowl, uh, Withdrawal should release new music. Yeah. What about uh, Locked Juice. In? Plug, plug your own band. Oh. <laughs> locked In, uh, Snake Pit, if you're a metal goon. Um, oh. Yeah, that's good for now. Oh, wait, one more. The Homies in Trench. Oh, absolutely. Oh, here's a tease. And we're just like totally like just prolonging this episode ending and someone's listening and they're like, okay, get on with it. Or they've clicked off. Um, we actually did a episode with Cole, guitar player of Trench, that awesome. should be coming out in the next few weeks. Um, so if you like that band or you like producers and DJs, um, that's what that's about. All right. Well, we can definitely end it there. Um, thank you again. This has been awesome. Uh, thank you guys for listening. This has been another episode of the Jamer K podcast. Always on top. <laughs> <laughs>